can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Kids Comics, your weekly podcast that will be devoted to a particular character, writer, or artist. The premise is simple. I, your co-host, Andrew Leyland, will pick a comic. Your other co-host, Michael Leyland. Say hello, hello, Michael. Hello. You treaded on my lines. Very sorry. Professional level of this show is just shocking. Uh, we'll also pick a comic. We will discuss. Simples. Uh, there may be a few changes from the pilot show. Um, think of it as the difference between the Six Million Dollar Man pilot and the series, where the Bionic Man's boss changed from Kolchak into that guy from Forbidden Planet. Sometimes, as with our extended pilot show, we'll have an extra-length episode devoted to a series of comics or a TV movie or other media interpretation of the character. I know we both want to do Batman Arkham City when it comes out, don't we? Yeah. In fact, you know what we should do? I've only just thought of this. We should get in touch with the video game company... Tell them we do a podcast and see if they'll send us a review copy. Cool. That would be great. May not work, though. It's worth a try. After you. Yeah, okay. We'll find out. We'll, we will look into that. Yeah. I promise. Uh, yes. Um, think of these episodes, to follow the script again, um, the, as like the $6 million a man episodes where he met the bionic woman off thought Bigfoot. You know, big important ones. Um, Bigfoot? He did fight Bigfoot. Okay. I've shown you Bigfoot. Big hurry Ted Cassidy guy with green eyes. Right. Sure that wasn't just you first thing in the morning? <laughs> the show from now on will be a solo act <laughs> as Michael has received an unfortunate blow to the head. <laughs> Told you. Uh, a big thank you to everyone who downloaded episode one. You are appreciated, every single one of you. Big thanks also to the people who gave us feedback. It was much appreciated. You've really hurt yourself now, haven't you? Ow. Do you know, because this is audio, I really should explain I didn't actually do anything to them because that would be beating up on a child and I don't approve of such behaviour. But Michael thought it would be funny to throw himself off his chair to give the desired sound effect. You do know that the fake sound effects on the radio, don't you? I figured I'd do it. What have you done? <laughs> you really are a first-class buffoon.
show is our Batman episode, and I'm pretty stoked about it. As you may have guessed from that theme that we just played. We didn't go for the obvious Danny Elfman theme, did we? No. What did we go for? What did we go for? We went for Shirley Walker's Mask of the Phantasm theme. I remember now, it's all coming back. It's written on the script. <laughs> oh, <right>, yeah. <laughs> Why do I bother spending an hour writing script notes that you're not going to bother following? Because I throw myself off my chair and it damages my vision. God's sake, such is the level of professionalism that you will come to expect from us. Anyway, I first met Batman in the old Mer Adam West TV show, and then for Christmas 1979, my nan bought me the Batman and Superman annuals. Um, for those not familiar with British annuals, uh, they were in many ways the precursor to today's graphic novels. The hardback, in full colour, very rare in the UK, we tended to have black and white reprints, and about 64 to 84 pages in length. That annual, the Batman annual, contained the origin of Batman from 1947, wasn't it? Was it Batman 47, I think, if memory serves? Uh, We did do an episode with that in, but we scrapped it because we didn't think it was very good. Um, What's your first memory of Batman, just out of interest? My first memory of Batman? Yeah. The animated series, probably. What, me making you watch it, or are you just watching it on your own? Um, My pyjamas, actually. Yes! You had Batman pyjamas, didn't you? With a cape! Yeah. Didn't have a mask! Didn't have a mask. The wife won't talk on the podcast, so she's just sat there shaking her head at me that it didn't have a mask. But it did have, it had Velcro yes, things it on the, the shoulders, yeah. didn't it? So you had a Batman cape. Yeah. Oh, you were so adorable in that. And when he grew up, didn't his sister wear it as well? Didn't Anya wear that? No, she had Spider-Man She had Spider-Man pyjamas. Oh, we are such a geek family. Um, I get to claim seniority. Oh, senility. Senility. Oh, deliver the punchlines <laughs> properly. I'm going to get myself a better comedy partner. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, I changed my mind from what I said at the end of last week's show. As I said, the pilot was a chance for us to iron out any problems. And my choice this week is one of my all-time favourite Batman stories from Batman Special Number 1 from 1984. There is no other cover date on this issue. It just says 1984. I think, and I could be wrong, um, if somebody knows, they can always get in touch with us. Oh, another school by error we made last time. We yeah. didn't tell people how to get in touch with us. No. Did we? We fixed one, that for the end of this episode. So if anyone does know if I, what I am about to say is true, then please get in touch. I believe this was scheduled to be an annual but the artist is notoriously slow, so that didn't actually happen, and it came out as a special in 1984. Um, The cover depicts Batman looking grim, because that's what Batman does, separated by a man dressed in a similar costume, only dark brown in colour. They're separated by a gun and hovering over a cityscape. Below them are Alfred and Commissioner Gordon and a slinky-looking lady. It's not a great cover, but I was beyond ecstatic when I saw this. I bought this off the rack. Because annuals and specials didn't usually make it over here, so I, I just had to have it. Um, it also has the classic Batman logo, or what I think of as the classic Batman logo. What about the one with the cape over his face? That one's alright, but I think this one's better. What do you think of the cover, Michael? I think it's a bit dull. Short and to the point, as we've come to expect from you. And very green as well. It is very green. I'll give you that. Yeah. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. 
title is The Player on the Other Side. It's written by Mike W. Barr with art by Michael Golden and Mike DiCarlo. It was edited by Dick Giordano and Len Wein, coloured by Adrian Roy, or Adrienne Roy, Adrian! and lettered by Todd Kleen. Um, I was quite upset to hear about the deaths of uh, Dick Giordano and Adrian Roy re- recently. And there was something I read on the internet that Adrian Roy had her name on more Batman stories than anyone other than Bob Kane. Make of that little statistic what you will. The story opens with a two-panel shot, one story taking place at the top panel, one underneath. This continues for the first three pages until we get a beautiful double-page splash from Golden. Both stories in the first three pages are origin tales. The top story tells the familiar tale of Batman's origin, but underneath there's a parallel story of a child of two crooks, orphaned the same night when a robbery goes wrong. The night of June 26th. No date is given for this to actually happen, which is good because comics work on a sliding time scale, but it does say that it was 25 years ago, which means that if Bruce Wayne was eight mm. when this took place, and this was 25 years ago that his parents were shot, he's 33 at the time of this story. You're better at maths than me, is that right? Yeah. Okay. You didn't even bother checking then, did you? No. No? Okay. I quite like stuff like that. Okay. What that means, does that mean then that Bruce is older than Clark Kent? If Clark Kent was supposed to be terminally 29? Yes. So Bruce has always been older than Clark? Well, I don't know, but I like the idea. Do you? Why? Because, I don't know. <laughs> you just I, like I, it. I just think he should be older. Oh, okay. No particular yeah. reason? No. I like the idea of him kind of being into Batman and stuff when the ship comes down and maybe because of the Krypton thing so you would prefer Batman to be the first hero of the DC Universe not Superman yeah oh okay fair enough it's just as valid opinion as anybody else's Um, the two crooks are opened that night when a robbery goes wrong a cop stumbles upon the family of crooks and they open fire the cop returns fire and kills both male and female robber leaving the child alone it is revealed that the policeman is James W. Gordon and the child grows up swearing vengeance as you would do in these kind of stories whilst Bruce grew up to be the Batman the other child grows up to be a costume criminal called the Wraith no the Wrath the Wrath you're right as a kid I always read that as the Wraith and I'm still doing it now when I'm 38 years old I'm still reading that wrong I'm just a buffoon just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, the story proper begins on page six. Gordon is under witness protection, guarded by two plainclothes officers. One turns up with a tray of food, but Batman swoops in. He spotted the food tray is of the wrong type and stops both Gordon and the Flatfoot from being blown into small pieces. He takes Gordon with him via the window on a bat rope, much to Gordon's consternation. They are watched through the sights of a gun, but with her, the but the perpetrator of this attack on Gordon decides not to shoot. Turns out this is the third attempt on Gordon's life, and Batman insists Commissioner Gordon take cover somewhere under witness protection. In a safe house? In a safe house, yes, until the perp is caught. Stumbled over my words there, but that's why I have a co-host. Turns out the Wrath is a hitman hired by Grail Hudson to kill the man who killed her gang boss father, Big Jack Hudson. But they fell in love. Um, it's a bit exposition-y, that bit, to be honest with you. But um, it works fine. It's a bit basil exposition. What did you think of that? Of the, what? That dialogue there that basically just brings you up to speed with the plot. I must have skipped over it because I didn't know that she hired him. 
how, how carefully do you read these, Grant Morrison fan? Well, I don't read them very carefully. Uh, God, you're just. So... I figure it works on two levels. You can either read it as a fun little comic, or you can read it in depth and. To actually read the words makes the comprehension of the story easier. I liked the art, though. Good. Why, 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 why read the words when you've got... Because the, the story's a classic! But if the artist is any good... You so you went it. through this entire thing not realising that she hired him to do something? Yes. Yes. I figured <laughs> if the artist was any good at storytelling, I wouldn't need to read the words. And did you figure that out on your own? Because of that picture there of a dad. That's a dad. <laughs> no! Well, when she says that she kind of fell in love with him, I thought that was a picture of the wrath dude. No, it's a dad! She hired him! Her father was a gang boss. He said he would get out clean, but he died. She hired the wrath to find the man who killed her dad. Well, but they fell in love with it. That's the. Whole I thought plot. the Wrath was trying to kill Commissioner Gordon. Yes, he is, but he's trying to kill Commissioner Gordon for himself. Because Gordon killed his parents. So why is he working for other people? Because he's, he's a hitman for hire! What parts of for hire do you not understand? <laughs> he's like the A-team. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find him, he will kill people for you. Okay. Good. You, you are out with that. Then. Right. Excellent. I think I should read this story. I then. think you should perhaps read this story. Why don't you read it now while I'm doing my spiel? No, I've got, I've, I know what it's about <sighs> now. Anyway. Turns out the Wrath is a hitman hired by Grail Hudson to kill the man who killed her gang boss father, Big Jack Hudson. But they fell in love. And I'm saying all that again for Michael's benefit. The dialogue's a bit basil exposition, but it's done in two panels, so it's not too annoying. The Wrath and Grail are seen by a servant, and the Wrath kills him. He had it coming. <laughs> he had a gun. He had, you saw him. He had a gun. Which he didn't really. He was just an innocent servant minding his own business. And the wrath killed him because he scum. Back in the back cave, Bruce figures out that the bullet that was fired at Gordon on the first attempt on his life matches a number of other assassinations of noted police officers. Bruce recognises it as the work of a player as skilled as he is. I really can't talk tonight, can I? Nope. The Wrath, meanwhile, mean... sake. The Wrath, meanwhile, is finding out as much information as he can on the Batman. A stool pigeon named Jimbo lets him know that Batman goes to a specific place on the 26th of June. He breaks into the library, killing an elderly guard in the process, and learns about the death of the Waynes. He strikes the next morning, trashing the Wayne family grave, and leaving graffiti asking for C.G., Bruce quickly realises that this means Commissioner Gordon and realises that he knows his secret. He calls to warn Alfred, but it's too late, and Alfred is beaten and taken to the hospital. Oh, I God. always feel really bad when Alfred gets hurt. Yeah. I like Alfred. I want Alfred to kick someone's ass. How many people want to kick some? Ass. That's the one. <laughs> yes, okay. Meanwhile, Grail has hired a number of flunkies to find Gordon, and one of them heads straight to the bar to drink his windfall. He spills his guts about where the money come from to a disguised Bruce Wayne who follows upon the lead. He's not disguised as Matches Malone, which is quite surprising, because I thought that was Bruce's standard disguise when he did stuff like this. Anyway, he finds Grail, Vulcan neck pinches her, and searches the apartment. I like those three panels. They are pretty excellent, though. 
um, those three panels, uh, panels four, five, and six on page twenty-two, where the Batman walks out of the shadows, are very, very well done by Michael well, Golden. On page twenty-one, panel two, mm-hmm. that dude is not ha- uh, drinking that. It's all dribbling down his chin. It does seem to be all going a place that isn't his mouth. Yeah. But if you have a look at the panel before that. It's, all, it's, over it's all over the table anyway, and this guy's passed out at the side of him, and a woman of ill ill repute on his right. So yeah. it's probably not the kind of bar where they do a lot of drinking. It's <laughs> really no. just a lot of pimping by the looks of things. He finds a map and shocked leaves that panel of his face. Though I love it when they do that with the mask eyes when they make the eyes move like Deadpool. Yeah, only better. They used to do it on <laughs> Batman the animated series. Yeah, we'd squint like Clint Eastwood through his mask. On Crime Alley, the Wrath arrives at the place the Waynes were killed, meeting Leslie Tompkins, the woman who helps Bruce after his parents die. The Batman arrives too late and acquiesces to the Wrath's demands by offering him Gordon. They meet on a rooftop overlooking Crime Alley, and the Batman handcuffs himself and the Wrath releases Leslie, shoots Gordon, and tells his mother and father that it's finally over. Brute acknowledges Brute. Bruce acknowledges his opposite numbers similarities run deep as the Wrath turns his gun on the Batman. Gordon charges into him, revealing he was wearing a bulletproof vest and throws off the Wrath's shot, causing Batman to curse him. Batman orders Gordon to leave, but in protecting Gordon, leaves himself wide open and the the Wrath takes... I prefer the Wraith. I can say Wraith. The Wrath takes his shot. Batman bides his time, waits for an opening and strikes. Fighty McFightenstein. The police and Grail arrive, and Batman warns him that there's no escape. The Wrath takes a small bomb out of his cape, but Batman blocks him, causing the bomb to explode on the roof, starting a blaze. The Wrath stabs the Batman, but Batman throws him over his shoulder and into the fire. He falls over the edge of the roof. Batman tries to save him, but the Wrath falls to his death. Batman doesn't tell Gordon what the Wrath wanted, and he has a brief conversation with Leslie where she wishes that people like the Batman weren't necessary. The Batman, surprisingly, agrees with her and takes his leave at exactly the same time that 25 years ago, young Bruce Wayne met Leslie Tompkins for the first time. Aww. Aww. I think that's fantastic. I like the art. What, you didn't like the story? Did you not like the story at all? Well, I don't know. It's all the art is gorgeous. I'll give you that. Michael Golden's a brilliant artist. Why did, what didn't you like about it? Uh, I quite liked the story, but I don't know. That you read of it. Well, yeah. Hmm. Page six, panel three, the Batman's shadow is a brilliant touch, showing you that there's going to be a problem. The first two panels on page ten is my Batman. That's just perfect. Commissioner Gordon says to him, won't people see you leave? And Batman replies, are you serious? And then Gordon asks him, well, did anyone see you come? And Batman says, are you serious? Okay. And that's just brilliant. That's just perfect. Nobody yeah. sees him unless he wants them to. And he never does. And he never does, no. Uh, Alfred doesn't know the night Thomas and Martha Wayne were killed, which I found quite interesting, because as yeah. later iterations of that have Alfred be around before the parents were killed. Didn't Alfred pick him up as well from the police department? But isn't that year one, which is after this? Wasn't the original origin, didn't they establish, that Alfred only came to work for them later? But I thought he was a family butler. That's from year one. Right, okay. Before that, Alfred came to work later and deduced that they were Batman and Robin, if memory serves. Was he the fat detective? Yes, when he was fat Alfred. Right. As opposed to thin Alfred. Yes. And they killed him off. To replace him with thin Alfred. Yes. 
discrimination against the fat <laughs> discrimination people. Discrimination against fat people, yes. We don't approve of discrimination in any of its forms. No. No, no. Especially against ginger people. We don't like the persecution of the gingers. No, but it's funny. It's not funny. Ugh, shocking. Um... Page 5, panel 18, is a great understated panel of Commissioner Gordon looking out of some blinds. Michael Golden draws Gordon as separating the blinds with two fingers and pushing the others down with the others. And that's really, really difficult. Drawing hands is really hard. And for that, you, maybe. For I, me, I can do maybe. it with my eyes closed yes. and my hands tied behind my back. How can you draw with your hands tied behind your back? The pencil's in my mouth. I'll stick it up your nose in a minute. <laughs> Shocking. Um, oh, that's my favourite panel. I love that panel. Just something understated and normal and just shows how good an artist he is. Okay. Um, Grail reminds me of Sean Young. Not in an obvious and irritating, overtly photo-referenced way. Like Mike Diodato Jr. Yes, just like Mike Diodato Jr. Uh, do you know who Sean Young is? No. Blade Runner. Who? The girl in Blade Runner. The one with the streak across her eyes. No, that's Daryl Hannah. Rachel in Blade Runner, who runs off with Rick Deckard at the end. Yes. <laughs> he said unconvincingly uh, panels 4 to 6 on page 22 we have already discussed they are brilliant panel 1 on page 24 is a great little callback to page 1 where they stood on crime alley 25 years later and what was now brightly coloured and well lit and um, a salubrious neighbourhood yes. if I'm understanding the word salubrious properly um is now just a dump with graffiti everywhere. Was his parents the spirit of Gotham City? Because I don't know. Where Crime Alley turned into Crime Alley as soon as he died, really. Well, it was. What was it called before it was Crime Alley? Park Row. Park Row. Well done. Well remembered, that man. See, I read it. Yes, and there is no hope in Crime Alley, which was another great Batman story. Okay. Have you read that one? No. Have you read anything pre Grant Morrison? Yes. Good. Read more. Um, uh, yes um, I've already said Batman is 33 in this story panel 2 on page 29 yes. is a great shot of Batman where um, he just realises that he knew everything all I just like that panel my favourite is the one from Swamp Thing where he's the Bernie Wright is the two buildings with his cape going between his legs it's not in this issue though is it no but no. I still like it I still like it though. It's, it's not I prefer it to that one it's not germane to our conversation no, but I figured I'd prefer it to that picture. Okay, fair enough. Uh, love how cool Batman is on page 30, panel 2. He's got... He's down the barrel of a gun. He's handcuffed. And he's just no problem at all freeing himself from the handcuffs and avoiding the bullet. He's just God like the masked manhunter, isn't he? I can do that. Can you? Yeah. yeah. And my eyes closed and... Uh, <laughs> Hands tied behind my back. Oh, to be 15 and stupid again. Um, but he's not godlike. Oh, <laughs> and some griddles. He's not godlike in the way Grant Morrison writes him, in that he knows everything. He's just godlike. Fantastic. Uh, the Wrath never uses that name in the story, and we never find out his real name. There's a brilliant text piece at the back uh, where writer Mike Barr explains where the title and quotes from the issue come from. Um, I like. What do you think of that? I didn't read it. Why do I bother? Uh, I loved it. 
I always loved stuff like this. As a child, I liked it when they did stuff like this because it made it, I would go and read a Sherlock Holmes story because he mentions it in here. Okay. And I even looked up Smellery Queen because he mentions it in here. Okay. And there's just not enough of this stuff anymore. There should be more text pages. There's a great Meanwhile column as well. What did you think of the Meanwhile column, Michael? The meanwhile didn't column. read it. Where's the Meanwhile The column? Meanwhile column is the... Yes, I didn't read that either. No, you didn't read that either. Meanwhile was the DC equivalent of Bullpen Bulletins, only smarter. And it was a um, really good, really good addition to the book, normally written by Dick Giordano. I liked them. I used to like the Meanwhile columns. I think I read them when I read Hitman. Did they have Meanwhile columns? They did something like that yeah hmm. okay fair enough always a good read the meanwhile columns well worth reading um, as far as I'm concerned this story if you don't happen to have the original issue because I really have no idea what this goes for on the back issue market or if it's just available in 50 pence bins was reprinted in Batman in the 80s but obviously it doesn't have the text pieces with it and I just prefer the comics yeah that's just me Okay. You're a graphic novel fan, aren't you? Yes, I am. Hmm. I prefer to read them all together. But this is just one story. That's that's it. I know, but if it was a series or something, I prefer to read it all together. If it's just one story, then a hmm. comic would do nicely. Okay, fair enough. I was browsing in a bookstore not too long ago, and I saw uh, the spine of a boot that said Batman and the Wrath, and I thought that this story had been given a nice glossy reprint, like The Killing Joke, because it deserves it. But I was leafing through it, and I discovered that somebody had done a sequel to this story and I just put it back on the shelf in disgust I've not read it I'm not interested in reading it I especially don't want to read it if I find out that that sequel gives the rat's real name like Origins gave away Wolverine's real name yeah exactly like that and it's just cat Tim Burton gave away the Joker's name if there was ever a comic book story that didn't need a sequel and the fact that he dies at the end of it means that Mike Barr didn't mean it to have a sequel. Hal Jordan, Superman, the entire Green Mountain Corps, Barry Allen. Yeah, but this was back when death meant something. Scott is the inker and Guy Major is the colorist. Right. Right. See and what you did though? Yeah. Batman <laughs> created by Bob Kane. And Bill Finger. Fanger. Finger. Fanger. Finger Fanger. Go on. We've got in jokes already. Yes. We should have t shirts as well. We should have t shirts as well. What that say Bill Finger Fanger really created Batman? 
I'm on that says Buana Beast and the Seven Midget Animals. For no reason at all. Just because it sounds cool. It does. It does. It would be a good name for a band. <laughs> Go on. It's your book. It's your recap. Righty ho. So, previously in Batman, it's been pretty poo. And that's. He now has a son, Damien. And. Because of a Mike W. Barr story called Son of the Demon. Yep. Just saying, you know, Grant Morrison wouldn't have anybody to rip off if Mike W. Barr hadn't done it first. Grant Morrison relies on everyone, though. Yeah, he does. This entire story relies on Robin Dies at Dawn. It does. That's very true. But, um, after going down in the helicopter in Final Crisis, he went straight to the Batcave. No, it was R.I.P. He went straight to the Batcave and Final Crisis happened and he was captured by Granny Goodness hiding in the body of one of the Alpha Lanterns. Is this making any sense? Well, I did have a big recap, but you told me not to say it. I didn't tell you not to say it. We're talking about the issue in hand. You shouldn't have to read Batman R.I.P. and Final Crisis to understand two issues of Batman. But I didn't, it helped. (laughs) You picked up the issue. See, the point over there, that's you missing it. (laughs) What? Carry it exactly. Carry on. Right, so the cover to this, I quite like because I'm a big fan of Alex Ross. Um, it is. Is this the psychedelic nightmare one? Where it's all green and orange and red, yes. Yes, it is a very good cover. Where it's kind of, these next two issues, uh, one joined cover reeler with mm-hmm. the highs and lows of Batman's career. And this one has the highs. And so in it we have Batman and Robin fighting Two-Face, the Riddler, Penguin... Catwoman and the Joker. Is that and Batgirls though? Yeah. Batgirls on it. Batgirl and so is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Batman's though. <laughs> I've not spotted Batmite. You're not red R.I.P. Biff! Bam! That's that pow! Yeah. That's a really good cover. I like that cover now that I've seen Batmite. You never read R.I.P. I've read R.I.P. There's a main character in it. I don't remember R.I.P. but I've read it when he turns into Zerina oh okay carry on right so um you'll scroll down um someone is, is these two issues are told from Alfred's or is it Alfred's point of view and so um the bat smashes into Wayne Manor and Alfred resigns but here, the bat changes size, which could be because of the change of origin in Final Crisis and Infinite Crisis and such. Well, I don't think anyone knows his real origin anymore. Because they contradict Year One, though, don't they? Yeah. By saying um, the window was open, which it was originally, but Frank Miller had him smashed through the window, the big bat. Which then changes when Alfred says it didn't happen that way. Right. And so which one is he remembering then? Um, Year one or Batman 33, 47? The one where it didn't smash the window and it was a tiny little bat. Right, okay. So Bruce says he needs a disguise. I shall become a bat. Which he did after becoming Owlman and the Power Ranger. I love the Power Ranger one, I really do. <laughs> the Power Ranger panel's genius. <laughs> so um, he then. Alfred tells Bruce that if he didn't have multiple... No, that if he didn't become Batman, about the other um, personalities... Alfred hallucinates that if he hadn't become Batman, what else could he have become? 
and yes. Bruce denies that Batman is real to Commissioner Gordon. But Bruce, I think is, you should take a point to explain here that the entire story just keeps jumping from yeah, one fragmented scene to another. It's the entire history of Batman, really. Which isn't that Grant Morrison's philosophy that everything that ever happened did yeah. actually happen, even though the multicolored. Yes, even costumes. Rainbow Batman. One with the pink costume. Even rainbow pink gay costume Batman happened. Do we have that issue? No. Shame. Yeah, I'm I'm completely out of the loop when it comes to 50s Batman stories. Okay. So, Bruce's um, love interest at the time, Julie Madison, leaves to Hollywood because Bruce isn't really paying much attention to her. And instead is being Batman. I'm Batman. And so, Alfred says... That Swear to me! I'm the goddamn Batman. It's a different book. Go on. Um, so Bruce makes his <laughs> disguise by being inspired by the bat that flown through the window. Yes. Um, Alfred says that he's worried about Bruce and that after the adrenaline rush is over, he'll give up Batman. But Bruce says he'll never stop. There's always people who need him. There's always crime. He says he lives off his regular problem-solving sleeps. Are they real? I think you could, if you like. Can you really just sleep for a little bit of time and be fully alert? Because I could really do with knowing how to do that. Well, he has an alarm clock here, I suppose. Maybe if he changed the pitch when it rang, it could, like, wake him up. Okay. So it's like, okay. Um, Alfred tells Bruce that Julie has left, and Bruce says that it was for the best. Alfred treats Bruce to a night at the circus, but two performers are killed, leaving the son Dick. Is that actually mentioned in the story? Yes. Is Dick Grayson's name mentioned in the story? Richard Grayson. Wow, well done. You've introduced your characters. It's more than Tim Drake and Jason Todd. Yeah, they don't get a name, do they? I think Jason does. Do they? And Tim get, gets one panel. But Jason also gets beaten to death with a crowbar. That's not in this. We yes. see We see a bloody crowbar. And we see Batman carrying his dead cup. Oh, okay. Um, his dead cup. His dead cup. His dead cups. <laughs> I said cops. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Bruce adopts Dick, and he becomes Robin. And Batman and the new Batwoman fall in love, but she doesn't last very long, and she leaves him because Bruce Wayne's like James Bond, only not as you know promiscuous. Yes. Rubble I don't on. know. Batwoman, Talia Al Ghul, Silver St. Cloud, well, Jezebel Jet, Selena Kyle. He, he doesn't talk like Bond. He's like, Run along, dear. Run along, dear. Man talk. Man talk. <laughs> He's not as sexist as Bond, put it that way. No. Go on, carry on. So, after Bruce says that. Um, after Dick asks Bruce, will they be Batman and Robin forever? Bruce replies that as long as Gotham needs them, they'll be Batman and Robin. So, Batman volunteers for a 10-day isolation period under Dr. Simon Hurt, which is Robin dies at dawn. Yes. He's not called Simon Hurt, he's called the army doctor. So, Grant Morrison gave him the name of Simon Hurt. Yes. Alright, let me just pause there for a second. Would you go to a doctor called Dr. Hurt? He didn't go to a doctor called Simon Hurt, he went to a doctor called the army doctor. But you've just said his name was Simon Hurt. So he went to a doctor called Dr. Hurt. That's worse than going to a doctor called Dr. Doom. Or Dr. Diaf. Well. <laughs> Can you really trust your lives in the hands of a doctor called Dr. Hurt? 
Well, there were people surprised when the Decepticons turned out to be the bad guys. Oh, dear me. Decepticons. The clues in the name. Um, and that, um, then Alfred then dies, but just like Hal Jordan, Barry Allen, Oliver Queen, Norman Osborn, General Ross, and the entire Green Lantern Corps, as well as Superman, he comes back. Hmm. Uh, Harry Osborn came back as well. Harry Osborn? Harry Osborn was dead. When did he die? Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 200 by GM DiMatteis and Sal Buscema. Don't you quiz me on my Spider-Man knowledge, boy! He died? Yes, he died. I know he became a drug addict. And then he died. Did he? I mean, there was a bit of time in between that <laughs> where he got clean and got married and had a son and everything, but then he, he died. He had a son? Yes. Did it? Yes. I really need to crack you out some long boxes, don't I? Yeah? Yes. Because you're the one who says, I've read all your comics, Dad. Apparently not. I've read all the ones I'm bothered about. But you should read ones you're not bothered about, because they're the good ones. Thanks. Yes. Carry on. Um, Dick leaves Bruce and joins the Teen Titans as Nightwing. Bruce and Alfred leave... No, he joined the Teen Titans as Robin. He became Nightwing later. Did he? Yes. First 40 odd issues of the Teen Titans, he was Robin. And then he gives up being Robin at the same time Wally West gives up. Have you not read the new Teen Titans either by Wolfman and Perez? No. Oh, your education is. I failed as a parent! Right, okay. Um, there's also a great panel here. Yes, there's a brilliant panel. The, um, all I liked all the stuff in this issue that covered all the aspects it was, there was of some Batman's career. But yeah. the bits with Robin are really good, especially the top panel of page 18 and the Hamlet stuff. The top panel of page 18 goes something like this. The Joker left a card, an ace. Card begins with a C. C! Remember, it's a playing card. Playing C? C playing... Holy seaplane displaying Gotham Harbour. Now, there's not enough of that in modern comics. No, there's... That's genius. It's either for the better or worse. No, I, I can't get enough of that dribble. Carry on. Yes. The okay. Hamlet stuff is brilliant. Yes. By the way. Well, it's Batman fighting Joker is Hamlet. With yeah, swords quality. Yeah. Um, so, he leaves to go to the Teen Titans. And Bruce and Alfred leave the Batcave. Teen Titans go... And after Alfred says he wrote a story about Bruce if he didn't become Batman, Bruce tells him he just gave himself away, and that whoever he is, he's coming to get them. Okay. Okay? Yes. And then now, just to really mess you up, Bruce's parents didn't die, and now there's no longer a Batman. So now, meanwhile, in the real world, or the comics verse... Makari, Makari and Simeon. Is it Mokari? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. And Simeon. Mr. Simeon. I love Simeon. Mr. Simeon. That's yeah. a great name. Uh, program the Lump, which looks a lot like Clayface. He does look... I, I thought he was Clayface the first time I yeah. read this. In a very Kirby-esque chur. Mm. I've read some Jack Kirby stuff. Good. I prefer his stories than his art, though. Really? Yes. You're very strange. I know. Okay. Carry on. Um... So, there, the lump is stealing Batman's memories and replacing them with the false ones to make a legion of Batman zombie soldiers. Excellent. It's very good, yes. Okay. What were your thoughts on the issue as a whole? Um, it was quite... I don't know about the origin. It could have been pre-crisis because of Grant Morrison's... Yeah, because of Grant Morrison's theory that everything ever happened. Yep. Um, Although that, he doesn't... 
Well, we've not got to Jason Todd yet, but he sticks with the Jason Todd was nicking wheels off the Batmobile origin, doesn't he? And yeah. not that Jason Todd was a red-headed rip-off of Dick Grayson. Was it? Yeah. He was ginger. It, it was, well, ginger blonde. Right. And he would dye his hair black to be Robin. But originally okay. he was Ishmael, I think. Ishmael. You never read any of these either. No. Jerry Conway Alfredo Alcala and um, Don Newton's run on Batman. No. Don Newton and Alfredo Alcala are one of my favourite Batman artists ever. So we never brought them up ever. Oh, you're just... <laughs> you, you need to read more good stuff and not what people tell you is good. I like the authority, that's good, you'll agree with it. <laughs> long Halloween, you'll agree with I like the Long Halloween. Wild Last Man is Yes, Wild Last Man's brilliant. I read good stories. Okay. Um, nowhere is it said in here that Bruce's parents' killer was caught. No, George Hill's not mentioned at all, is he? No. Um, and Alfred isn't the fat detective in this one. No, he's not. Uh, I thought it was very skippy. It jumps from one to the other and there's no real clue as to what's going on if you're a brand new reader. No. Um, it's its biggest flaw but also its biggest strength because it means the story moves along at quite a good pace um, I know it's a Grant Morrison story so some psychotropic drugs may have been used in the creation of it but there's no real concession to non-readers here and I can't really see any way that they would be drawn into it from this I had to read it twice yeah. before I got everything in it which but is a good thing then you didn't you've not paid as much attention to our RIP and final no and I've not stuff. read them consecutively like you have I read yeah. RIP monthly and I've never gone back and read it as a complete gestalt entity which mm -hmm. I really need to do the thing is though it's Grant Morrison everything ties into everything so I read Final Crisis and then after that I read Animal Man and some of the JLA Animal Man's brilliant and then some of the JLA and it's like you get more out of it that way right oh, well I do keep meaning to I will read Grant's run on it as a whole at some point and yeah. see that it does actually make any sense. My problem with this story on its own is that it's similar to any number of stories where the hero is made believe that his life isn't real. It was done as an issue of Legend of the Dark Knight by Brian Talbot and it's been on both Buffy and Smallville and they always end the same way. Now I wrote this before I'd read part two so there's a kind of a thing here where I know this kind of does happen but the ending is always the hero realises that his personal tragedy has made the world in general a better place. Which, yeah. And that's, it was no surprise that that's how this one turned out. <laughs> yeah. Really. Everyone dying because of the Joker. Yeah, and it's like he's willing to sacrifice his own personal happiness for the sake of the world. It's a very good, dramatic story, but every version of this one that I've ever read has had the same ending. Yeah. Uh, love Mr. Simeon and Mukari or Mukari or however the hell you pronounce that let's just say M-O-K-K-A-R-I <laughs> M-O-K-K-A-R-I do-da do-da M-O-K-K-A-R-I Mukari and Simeon should we read <laughs> the lump is the bad guy he's poochie he's poochie you were last night you were driving circles around me. You were last night. You were driving circles around me. You were last night. You were driving circles around me. You were last night. Circles around me. 
Bruce says that Alfred is not who he says he is, and then Alfred reveals himself as Blump, who throws more memories at him, like Bane, Azriel as Batman, the earthquake in Gotham, Hush, and the death of Tim Drake's dad. Oh, I know, I, I liked that dance. I liked Tim Drake's dad. Well, I read it in a wrong order, and I read Identity Crisis where he died, and then I read Nightfall where he's all okay. Mm. Um, the Lump says that, um, tells Batman the plan, but Batman says he can have the memories if he can ha- handle them. He then pulls out a gun where he got from nowhere. Um, but I like how these two panels... I, those two pages are really good. Yeah. yeah. I like those two as well. Flashing between what's going on in his head and what's going on in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, I like them as well. And where it's like... Bill Although if it's a dream, he can pull a gun from anywhere, can't he? Exactly, which is probably what he did. Yes. Um, where was that? Or in his mind. It's not a dream, really. No. Um, back in the real world, Makari shoots the lump and Batman realises that he's sedated and restrained because he knows everything. And he breaks out the machine he was l- kept in. And then it ends on a nice little monologue from Alfred about what he thought about Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. Okie dokie. Um, I thought the false memories bit of this was fun. I like that Bruce has such a well-trained mind that he's fighting whatever Simyan and Makari are doing to him. M-O-K-K-A-R-I. I'm not a fan of godlike Batman. Even though I did say in the last bit yeah. that that was godlike, I merely meant that that was really cool. I'm yeah. not a fan of a, an almost omnipotent Batman who knows everything and foresees every possible event, which is a large portion of Morrison's JLA run. Yeah, which you will find because you're just reading that for the first time, aren't you? Yes. Wasn't that also Nighthawk or whatever he's called in the Authority who had the well, the, the Authority instead. was just thinly veiled takes on JLA, yeah. weren't? I've played out this fight a hundred times in my head, and every one of them, you don't make it out alive. <laughs> uh, I do like Batman appearing somewhat supernatural to others, but yeah. I always like that. That's just a result of Bruce being pretty uh, cool. I always preferred that way. Instead of him being a detective, I like being scaring people crapless. Oh, I like stuff. him being a detective, oh, but nice. I do like him scaring people crapless as well. Yeah. <laughs> I like both. <laughs> um, I thought the last monologue by Alfred was really sweet. Yes. And quite nice. And I love the line, what kind of man can turn his life memories into a weapon? I just thought that was that was quite Good. brilliant. Good what did life. you think? Um, well, I liked it, being the big Morrison fan that I am. And throughout it, I really like the artist in this, Lee Garbett, who adapts his artwork to the era that the story's based in. Right. So, so his art will change. He mimics Neil Adams for Neil Adams. and the, Well, yeah. that's like Zero Hour. I've not read that yet. Have you not? There's a no. Zero Hour issue of Superman that was really good, where yes, Superman I've meets Batman. That. Have you read that? With loads of different Batman. Yeah, you just, there's an Irv Novik Batman, and then there's a Neil Adams Batman, and, and then, then the a Norm Brofogel, and yeah. then the animated series now. That's pretty cool. That was Adam West Batman. the Wildstorm um, Planetarium Batman time, wasn't it? I don't know, I've not but read that. I think it ties into Crisis or Zero Hour, and they keep changing. So at one time, he's Adam West. And one time he pulls out a gun because he's... Because he did in the early days. Very, very old Batman. Mm. Um, 
the events are mentioned differently as they didn't have a Batman, like the Joker poisons the water supply and Dick Grayson dies. Um, Ace also gets a cameo. Yay, Ace the Bat-Hound. He's not the Bat-Hound. <laughs> I used to love that they would put a mask on Ace the Bat-Hound. Because <laughs> didn't he have a different coloured hair at the top? So he would be instantly recognisable as Bruce Wayne's dog. So they put a mask on him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and Azriel isn't called by his name Jean-Paul Valor. We named also, after the Beatles. Okay. Yeah, Jean-Paul Valley was named after John Lennon and Paul McCartney. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't get anything about Nightfall, really. We just get a back being broken. Yeah. And then... As well. well, if you read the story back to back, the events start moving quicker as you read the story. Yeah. So he skips over bigger periods of time right. as the story goes along. There's nothing about um, Finger. After it's only played. hey, no, um, hey, hey, no man's land. No, nothing, nothing about, about no man's land. Right. Um, Harold isn't in it. No, I like Harold. Didn't he d- die? Yes, he got killed in Hush. Jeff Loeb and uh, Tim Tim Lee, Jim Lee, killed him off. Yeah, Jeff Loeb was a thing for killing people. I know. Damn him all the hell. Uh, there's nothing about Dick Grayson becoming Batman after Nightfall. Was Dick Grayson Batman at this point in the story though? He was after Nightfall. Oh, right, and you mean Prodigal? Yes. There's no reference to Prodigal. Um, have Alfred, you read Prodigal? Yes, sir. Right. Alfred tells Batman not to kill the Joker instead of Superman in Which, Death in the Family. Yeah, in Death in the Family, it's Superman that does it. Yep. Um, we learn that Batman kept the bullet that killed Orion, which, as we find out, helps him fight Darkseid. Mm-hmm. And I like the uh, panels where it would jump and Batman would be fighting a different villain. So, like, just the shots of him fighting Man-Thing or fighting Man-Thing, Man-Thing's DC, yeah. fighting Man-Bat. Deadshot. And the uh, Deadshot Ricochet and... Man-Thing's not DC. No, Man-Thing's Marvel. Yeah. Swamp-Thing's DC. Yeah. I always got me Man-Thing mixed up with me Swamp-Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man-Thing. Giant-sized Man-Thing. That's an actual comic. <laughs> and it's not a porn comic. <laughs> Shame. Shame. I don't want to see a giant-sized man thing, to be honest with you. Isn't that why the Hulk wears pants? Yes, because <laughs> we have no desire to see that. Um, it's very much a small part of a larger story, and I'm not against long-form stories. I love Preacher and Death and Return of Superman. I just feel Grant Morrison sometimes becomes so wrapped up in his big, extraordinary, super-clever ideas uh, and his big picture that he forgets the smaller picture. Um, it was a good read. It's very definitely a, a past his prologue kind of thing. It's definitely an epilogue to the, the, the R.I.P. stuff and a prologue to what's going to happen. The last lines from Alfred are very definitely foreshadowing that Bruce isn't dead. But he's not dead yet. But he isn't dead yet, which just confuses well, the hell out of me. Well, we don't learn what happens in between R.I.P. and that story until 700... 701. Right. 702 was an untold tale, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's alright, I suppose. I enjoyed it, I didn't hate it, I didn't dislike it. There were some bits of it that I thought were really cool, and other bits where I thought, wait, yeah, what? But it does make me want to read all of Grant Morrison's run. In that case, you're reading everything he's ever done. Yeah, probably. I don't know if I can be bothered with that kind of commitment. I'm scared of commitment! Um, but I can't imagine new readers latching onto this. But Batman and Robin was just for the title of the year, so what do I know? 
But if they did read that, it would make them so confused and say, I'm reading R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then wouldn't they see Batman dying in R.I.P. and then dying again in Final Crisis? But he doesn't die again. Well, in R.I.P.? Yes. Um... R.I.P. was meant to die. Yes. But because he was also doing Final Crisis... Because editorial screwed up. Yeah, he decided not to kill him. Okay. Uh, So he then added that, the last right story, but we still don't find out about most of it until 701. But then he goes straight to the JLA headquarters... Right. ...to study about the bullet, and then the Alpha Lantern being possessed takes him back, and then that happens... And then he breaks out, and then shoots Darkseid, and then go, and then dies. Yes, your explanation of Grant Morrison's stories made my head hurt more than Grant Morrison's stories. <laughs> Reading Grant Morrison's stories makes my head bleed. Um, that's it for me. Anything from you? No, that's it. No. Just a big thank you to everyone who did download and offer feedback once again on episode one next week. Spider Man. I love me some Spider-Man. I could do a Spider-Man podcast. Fine then. Yes. Um, They will follow some end credit title type spiel stuff that tells us where you can get in touch with us and write to us and email us because I completely forgot all about that last week. But until next time, bye. You're not saying bye? Bye. There you go. Oh, taciturn people. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. All music used in the show is copyright by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this. They do it simply for fun. And because they have too much spare time. Ah. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and nobody else. We can be emailed on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com and our website is www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com You can friend us on Facebook by going to Hey Kids, all one name, comics, all one name. And now it's time to pick up our bottomless brown bag, don an ill-advised polyester shirt and beige bell-bottoms and hitchhike down the loneliest road we can find, all the while trying to find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within. You be good to yourself, my friends.